Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 162, Book Recs for Reaching Your Goals in 2021. We have a very special guest today with us. It is our friend, Adam Scheibley. He has two podcasts. He is an overachiever. Million Pound Mission is one, and the other is Podcasting Business School. So if you are ever thinking about starting your own podcast, that is a great podcast to listen to for tons of great tips for running your own podcast. Before we get started with our bookish check-in, we want to share one of the reviews we got recently. We are loving to see those and read those. They make us so happy. This is what one listener said. This is my favorite podcast. I love that I can get great book recommendations for my students, my kids, and myself all in one place. Can't wait for each new fun episode. So we are so, we love to read those. They make us like the happiest people. So please, please keep writing, reviewing, subscribing. That helps us so much. It helps people find our podcast and it just makes us happy. So make sure if you haven't done that to go out and do that as soon as possible. Now we're going to start the way we always get started with our book is check-in. Ashley, do you want to tell us what you're reading now? Sure. So I had one that I was planning to talk about, and then this one snuck up onto my TBR <laughs> last night, and I was so glad to pick it up, and so I wanted to share it instead. It, I finally read Jason Reynolds' For Everyone, and this is actually a long-form poem in a book, and it's essentially a letter that Reynolds is writing to himself, but it is a rallying call for people. And I'm so grateful that I made time for that. It moved really quickly and was such a joy to read. I just really admire him as a writer. And I actually felt like it came along at a great time for me. It goes really nicely with the books that we're talking about today. Actually, the power of moments that I read that I'm going to be talking about just spoke to how to kind of elevate the everyday. And I felt like that was what this book celebrates as well. So again, it is just the whole book is one long form poem and it is cheering on people's desires to be their best self and to do the hard work of creativity and of taking the risk instead of just kind of staying in the comfort but dissatisfaction of the everyday. And so, like I said, it just really spoke to me. I felt like it was something that meant a lot and also that could be accessed in such a quick way. It's funny because it's been sitting on my shelf for such a very long time and I had never taken the short amount of time it took to read it from cover to cover. And I'm so glad I did. So again, that's Jason Reynolds for everyone. And I think it is a great book to read and also a great book to gift to other people. That one's sitting on my TBR too. So the winter, winter is a good time to, to read it. <laughs> Adam, what are you reading? Well, I'm excited that you asked me. <laughs> um, 
I have a few books that I, I read every year, like a, just as brain food. So one of my books that I, I like to read at this time of year, which kind of gets me, it's a nice end of year thing, is How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale uh, Carnegie. And that's how you say the last name. It's not Carnegie, it's Carnegie, which I just discovered that. But I love that book just because dealing with other people and looking at things from their perspective and how we could benefit them first, add value first, talk about what they're interested in so that they will be interest, interested in speaking to us. I just feel like that's just a rhythm of life I need to revisit every single year. And so this is the first time I've actually listened to it on audiobook. Normally I read the physical book, but I'm doing audiobook right now because I have a few different, I get a few going, you know, and uh, I, I try to compartmentalize. We uh, we've, we've talked about this when, when you guys came on my show where like I, there's certain types of books I like to do audio, certain types of books. I need the physical book, but, uh, that's, it's just, it's such a good book. It's a classic. And, uh, that's, that's definitely on my, my list that I read every single year. That's great. I have never read that one. I haven't either. What? No. <laughs> I've, I've heard, heard of it for sure. It, I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate that perspective on how, yeah, I can see how it can be really valuable. Okay, because the title is misleading because it, it could be like, oh, how do I trick people? And that's not what it's about. It's how do you win friends and influence people by speaking to them in a way that they will be accepting of hearing what you have to say, but also being an amazing listener. Like that's the biggest lesson that you pull out of that is how to listen and speak in a way that is respectful to another person so they are interested in having a conversation in a relationship with you instead of being a sneaky, tricky, sales-ish person. So it's like, it's a terrible title really is what it is, but it's a great book. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, it does. Jen, what are you reading? So I am in the middle of Isabel Wilkerson's The Warmth of Other Suns, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration which I would not call a light read right now. This is one that has been on my TBR for a really long time. And as so often happens, I was pushed to pick it up by a buddy read. And I, I knew I wanted to read it, but sometimes I have that barrier of books that I know are important, but that are dense. And it's tough to get started because I know it's going to take a while and it's going to be some work, but it is so good. And she is such a great storyteller so she is focusing on the migration of Black Americans from the South to the North to the West. And she is focusing on three people, one left in 1930s, one in the 1940s, and one in the 1950s. And the way she focuses on their story, on each of their stories and the things that propelled them to move, and then uses that as an example of what led to this whole scale migration in the United States, I think makes it makes it feel more like a story. It makes it feel more like fiction because you're focused on these characters' lives and the things that the suffering they faced and the things that they went through that finally made them make the choice, the really difficult choice to leave their homes and their families and to take a risk and go somewhere different in the hopes that life would be better. So I am blown away. I'm almost exactly halfway through. So I still have a ways to go, but it is, it is as impressive and as amazing as I hoped it would be. Gosh, that sounds great. That sounds great. Sarah, what are you reading? So I was gifted an early Christmas gift that was on my Christmas list. And it is actually a little different than I normally talk about, but it is a cookbook. I'm trying as we end 2020 and go into 2021 and 
get into 2021, I'm trying to be more intentional in like my meal prep because that is some place that I never can seem to get myself together. So the book that I'm reading is Gina Homoka, and she is also writing this with Heather K. Jones, who's a registered dietitian, and it's called Skinny Taste Meal Prep. I don't love that name, but what it is is just really healthy, wholesome food that you can prepare ahead of time and and also freeze. So sometimes that's what I struggle with, with when I'm trying to meal prep is I like stuff that I can also freeze and put in my, free, you know, for later. And she has those recipes. So she has a ton of information on just the prepping in general. So there is a, there is a considerable amount of reading and then also the recipes and you, all the listeners know that I like to read cookbooks anyway. (laughs) I just love to, I like to look through them and I like to collect them. So um, I'm really enjoying it. I am really interested in healthy eating. So she does a really good job of breaking down everything that is in the food. And she's a lot of Oh, well, actually all whole foods. So I'm really enjoying it. And I'm just trying to get myself for 2021. I just want to be a little bit more on track with being organized and not being so frantic every second of the day. <laughs> so that one sounds great, Sarah. I haven't heard of that, but I, I really like that. I, I agree with you about, I like the having a chance to think about freezing and things like that. But yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I use a lot of re- online resources for cooking, but I just there's just something to me about holding a cookbook and looking at the pictures, and there's just something about that. It's just like reading a book on my Kindle versus actually having my book. I just really like that experience of having the the cookbook and keeping it by my chair and just flipping through it when I want to. So it's been enjoyable to read, and also it's given me some great tips as we move through 2021 to how I can better prepare myself to be a less stressed individual. So it's actually apt that I'm talking about it in this particular say it sounds perfect. <laughs> okay, so before we get to our picks for some book recommendations for reaching your goals in 2021, we wanted to give Adam a chance just to give tell a little bit about yourself, what you do, a little bit about your podcast, and just to to give everybody some background when we went to the podcast conference in Mar- last in March in 2020, we saw, well, I saw Adam speak and I was like, he's awesome because he really was inspiring. And I thought he was so motivational and he has just been such a great resource for us on the podcast, helping us with some tips and being willing to mentor us. So that's how we met. And so we've gotten to be friends. And then I actually used his personal training service. He's not paying me to say this. I paid money, <laughs> cash money for the service, but it was like one of the best things I did for myself in 2020. So I thought that it would be a missed opportunity not to say that in this in this episode, especially because I had a goal of getting healthier in 2020, especially when we were kind of in the pandemic and I was stress eating and I just did something. I made the commitment and an investment in myself and Adam helped me with it. And it was, like I said, the best decision I made in 2020. And I have been able to stick with what he taught me. So I think I wanted to say that in this episode, because if you have goals like that for 2021, I highly recommend Adam. <laughs> so Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, this episode is sponsored by. <laughs> Paid for by. <laughs> I swear he is not paying me to say that. <laughs> 
No, I, I, my, my name's Adam, by the way, everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a fan of the show and I'm a fan of these ladies and what they're doing. I'm really glad that Sarah came and saw me act crazy on the stage at PodFest and this friendship was ignited. Yeah. If you guys ever get a chance, if you, if you guys are podcasters out there listening, you got to get to PodFest. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Kremitzos puts on one heck of a great show. So, uh, shout out to him, but no, my uh, my story started with my own health journey. I in 2007 I weighed 327 pounds, and I went on my own health journey. I ended up losing over 100 pounds in five years. But I also helped my hometown here in Bloomington, Indiana, lose 35,000 pounds as I lost 100 pounds uh, because I created a boot camp program and I was kind of in the trenches doing it myself. And uh, then we created the Million Pound Mission podcast. Out of that, uh, I formed that back in uh, early 2016. And, uh, that was my initial baby and we're 360 something episodes deep on that for four plus years. And then a couple of years ago, I started podcasting business school where, uh, I, I started speaking about podcasting. Uh, it's weird to call yourself a veteran of something that, that you've only been doing for four years, but like in the podcasting world, things have changed so much over the last four years that like. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of a veteran of the of what's going down. I've, I've I got a lot of experience. I talked to a lot of podcasters, and I like to think that I know what the heck I'm talking about. Uh, so I started podcasting business school, and that uh, you know the whole tagline with that is you got to love your show like a hobby, but build it like a business. And that's where I try to you know show ladies like our our cast and crew here with Unabridged that you know you can, you can do that, and they're doing a great job. Like this show is awesome; it's well run. You guys all know that it's great content when you're listening in every week. And they're real people. I think that's the most important part of a great podcast. They're letting you kind of peek into their lives a little bit, and they're sharing experiences with you. So I think that is uh, is super cool. So that uh, that's the uh, the history of of Adam Shively, podcaster. <laughs> That's awesome. I do want to say when I saw Adam speak, he had on a t-shirt that says your mother listens to my podcast. Or is that, is that the right verb? It says, well, I kind of was like, all right, how do, how do podcasters like talk trash to each other? Cause I grew up playing basketball and that was like a thing. So I made this shirt. It says your mom subscribes to my podcast. Okay, yes. So I was like, this guy has a good sense of humor. Yeah. All right. Well, that is great. And if you want, definitely, we will have Adam's links and everything in in our show notes. So you should definitely check out his podcasts. So now we are going to each give our picks for some books we think would be great in helping you reach your goals in 2021. So Jen, do you want to give us your recommendation? Absolutely. So I am recommending... Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. And Adam is nodding. I, love, I just love this book. This is my this is one of my most recommended books for somebody that's trying to lose weight. So yeah. con- continue, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I really love this one. So I read it a few years ago in print, and then I just re-listened or re-read it on, via audio, and it works in both formats. I thought the narrator was great. This one is really interesting first, because I think it illuminates something that we don't think about all the time, which is just the habits that run our lives. And so Duhigg does a great job just establishing how important habits are and the way that this thing that we don't think about, that's the definition of habit, things that we do that we don't think about really can shape every day and, you know, longer term can shape our, our whole paths forward. And then he talks about his tagline is habits are not destiny. 
And so he talks about ways that we can deliberately reshape those habits and make them work for us. And I just think it's brilliant. He has, first of all, he's a great storyteller. So he has these great examples. He talks about Tony Dungy and the way he helped that he took a team to win the Super Bowl. He talks about the way advertising executives figured out how to make people want to use Febreze. He talks about how people started brushing their teeth. So he's just talking about all of these great examples that make it easy to understand his approach to all of these different types of habits. And then he just talks about the ways that we can use them. So if someone is doing rehab, which is really challenging, what do you need to do? How do you make a habit of taking that first step that gets you on the path to rehab. If you have an addiction that you are trying to overcome, how do you analyze the cues that make you go to the addiction and then switch them so you replace them with something that can be helpful instead of harmful? So I don't want to give away everything in the book. I couldn't possibly, it's it's a 10 hour audiobook and we don't have that much time, but I just think it's great because it is both inspirational and very, very practical. And both times that I've read it, I've come away thinking, oh my goodness, so tomorrow I need to do this and I need to take this first step toward making this change just to make my life a little bit better. So that is Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. That sounds really good. It's really great. I'm going to put that on my list. (laughs) It's amazing. It's so good. He he takes a really confusing or, you know, people just think habits. Ah, oh, it's just like this, this mythical unicorn that appears in my life. It's just a thing that I can't control it. And he like breaks it down and goes, here's how we change it. Here's the, the A, the B and the C, and here's where, where you can make a shift and it will work. And it's just like, then it becomes a math formula and it's very understandable. So I, I give it a high recommendation as well. That's great. Adam, what is your recommendation? Ooh, the pressure's on. <laughs> My favorite book of all time is called The One Thing by uh, Jay Papazan, Gary Keller. Have, have any of you read this one? No. Man, <laughs> I am stumping the, the unabridged crew <laughs> today. We're adding to our TBR list. <laughs> okay. This is great for the year 2021 because I feel like 2020 just filled up our mind full of mess and we have so many things to try to take care of on the table. The One Thing is about finding the one thing currently in your life that if you accomplish this, it has the greatest impact over all the other things in your life. So it, it is, is a system to help you figure out what all of the things are. And then we start to rearrange them to where there's this, this pecking order where you say, okay, this thing is, is the most important focus point in my life. And if I drive towards that a little bit each day, it's going to have a trickle effect on everything else that I'm trying to accomplish. So for example, if somebody is struggling with the relationship with their 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 spouse, maybe, and like they're not talking or whatever, and that's impacting their health and that's impacting their finances and that's impact, impacting their relationship with their children, like that would be the one thing. Like you have to work on that top edge thing and then everything else is going to start to get better. But once you figure that out, they uh, there's a great story where it talks about if there's a, if you have a domino, do you guys know much about domino physics? Anybody? Yeah, I didn't either. It's, it's kind of a weird question to ask. So if you take a domino and push it over, it can knock over a domino twice its size. And then that one can knock over a domino twice its size to where it's, it's not that many dominoes until it gets to like empire state building size or whatever. So that's their philosophy is, okay, now that empire state building domino, that's the one thing. 
let's work backwards. What's the first domino we have to flick over today to create momentum towards the one thing? And th so it's, it's really cool. It simplifies things. I feel like in 2021, we got to simplify before we multiply, you know, and we got to, we got to get things down into like very simple steps to start rebuilding our routines and our habits and, and the life that we were kind of on track, you know, in 2019. And uh, so I think it'll be super helpful and it'll be very inspirational. So that's by Jay Papasan and Gary Keller, the one thing. That sounds great, man. Yeah. I, I will say there's an echo there. So in the power of habit, he talks about keystone habits and it reminded me of you talking about the dominoes. Like what is the habit that you need to change that is going to unlock the rest of the habits? So yeah. I wonder how many of these echoes I'm, I'm sure that we will hear these things resonate through these books, but yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Ashley, what is your recommendation? When you were saying how about stumping us, like I read very few of these books. This is definitely the area that I read the least, but every time I do, I'm so glad that I did. So I think I will be interested this year, especially as we're looking toward kind of setting some new habits and kind of getting back into a groove that's different than where we've been for the last long period of time, it'll be helpful to look at some of that. And I agree about the echoing, Jen. I think a lot of them do have some similar concepts, because at, at the base, we do know some things about what we can do to improve the quality of our lives, which I think is the goal of a lot of these books. So anyway, I wanted to talk about my, <laughs> that was a long digression, but I, I felt- It was a good digression. Yes. I wanted to share Chip and Dan Heath's The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have Extraordinary Impact. And as is often true when I'm looking for a book or genre that is unfamiliar to me, I look to Jen and she recommended this one and I'm so glad she did. I am really loving, I loved what they had to say. And I think that what really stood out to me is they are focused on the way that we remember and experience things and that that is actually determined by moments instead of by duration or all these other measures of experience. And so because of that, like, so that's the premise is that moments are what matter. And then it's like, okay, well, if that, if that's what matters and that's what, so, you know, they use the example of going to Disney world and they talk about ratings and how, even though if you look at minute by minute and you try to average out people's experience and what their average number would be, that number is much lower than when they personally rate themselves. And it's because the length of the suffering doesn't matter and stuff like that. You know, it's basically like what our brains retain is the moments. And because something like a Disney World experience has these like high impact moments, it you let go of all these other things. And for one thing, I think that's really freeing to think about that that alone, like that concept really was something I haven't spent much time thinking about how you can endure a lot as long as the peak of that thing is really good. But then the, the crux of the book is about how to create more moments. So if moments are what matter, then how do we create more of them? And they, it's really practical application. They have four basic criteria and they say it needs to be elevated. There needs to be a component of pride. There needs to be a connection and it needs to have an insight. And if it has those four things, that is going to create or enhance a moment that might otherwise go unnoticed. And I thought that was really great. I love that idea of just looking at your everyday and thinking, 
what is something that I can do for my children or for my class or for my partner in order to elevate or for myself in order to elevate this experience and make it a moment instead of just a a daily grind situation. Mm -hmm. And so they gave, and the other thing I really liked is that they gave tons and tons of concrete examples, which made it a lot easier to imagine how something could be taken from the mundane into the extraordinary. And so I felt like that was really helpful too, just envisioning, okay, we want to think about ways to have more of an impact. So what are some things that we can do to to make that happen so that people are experiencing a fuller life? And so, I mean, I think that's the crux of their argument. And I did listen to this one on audio, Adam, you were saying about audio versus print. And I think that there are pros and cons because there were a lot of things that I wanted. I did take notes while I was listening on audio because I felt like there were a lot of things that I wanted to remember that I wasn't sure I could retain through audio, but it was really enjoyable as a listening experience. So I think, and it's a way that, I mean, I'm like, oh, I could listen to more of these kinds of books on audio because again, I think I picked up a lot of things from it and might not have time to read a print copy of a lot of them, but that's something I could consume on audio more easily. And so, yeah, I I felt like it was a really rich reading experience. I thought that there were a lot of really great tips that I got out of it that I can put to practice in my own personal life and for the podcast and for my other job. So you know, all that felt really good. So again, that was Chip and Dan Heath's The Power of Moments. I'm so glad you liked that one. I just think, yeah, so often it seems like there are things that it's easier to just go through and just keep living life. But then I'm so glad, like you were saying with the kids, like with my boys, I'm so glad when I take the time to make a big deal out of decorating for Halloween, or we take the time to, you know, put out some things for Thanksgiving holiday, even if it feels ultimately not important. It was interesting because our Thanksgiving was so different this year or in 2020. And the boys were talking about what they normally like doing over Thanksgiving. And they were very small things, but they were just things that because they happen every year, those moments I think have resonated with them or have stayed with them. And so, yeah, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. And thinking about the echoing, it, it spoke, they spoke a lot to the importance of responsiveness. So that goes back to what you were saying, Adam, with the book you said for the book is check in as well. Just like that, the importance of like having these in per, like really connecting with a person that so often that is the thing that makes moments impactful for people. And so they talked about that in healthcare. They talked about it in a lot of different spheres, but that part really resonated to me. Yeah. Just making the time for those kinds of personal connections can make a big difference in what actually impacts people's lives in the long run, the things that they're going to remember and hold on to. What about you, Sarah? What's your recommendation? Well, like you, Ashley, this is a this is a genre that I don't read a lot because I find sometimes that these are panic inducing in me because especially when I'm listening, I listen to a lot of audiobooks like when I'm exercising or cooking and I, when I'm listening to books like, like these types of books, sometimes I just get overwhelmed with what I'm not doing and I feel like I'm failing, you know, I'm failing. And especially I find when people are giving tips on parenting, then I, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> things are going bad here in the in the void household but but, uh, but I actually I really tried to be intentional about the book that I chose uh, it's a book that has had a lot of buzz and so my book is James Clear's Atomic Habits first of all the reason I chose this book is for the atomic part so like small little changes that make a big difference and I mean that's a lot of what this book is about is about 
making sure that when you are making a change that you're doing it in a way that is sustainable and that I really like the way that he talks about goals versus process because he says that we should be focusing on the process because a lot of times, I mean, I think about like in weight loss or like I'm trying to become a better runner. If I don't focus on the process and I'm only focused on the goal, once I get to that goal, then where am I going from there? You know, so I like that. I really, really like the the fundamentals he kind of lays out in this book. He basically, he goes by four laws. He has four laws and they're cue, craving, response, and reward. And like I said, he, he focuses on the process of getting to where you want to go, but also continuing past that point. And I just really, I thought it really spoke to me. And I felt like I, it kind of reminded me of when I was working with Adam what, because he made a lot of small changes so that it wasn't overwhelming. And I felt like that was really sustainable for me. And I'm trying to do this running, <laughs> this running thing. So I started off with like one mile every day. Like that's nothing. I can do that. That's easy. And just keep, and just trying to keep adding on. And I, I like to exercise and all of that. But for me, running is that exercise that I dread. But once I do it, I really like it. Like I have the after effects. So, so I, this book has helped me kind of create a plan for myself to, get to where I want to go or just become a runner. And that, and he talks about that in here. He says, you are not going to run a marathon. The, the, you're, the way that you look at your goal, it shouldn't be, you're going to be run a marathon. Your, your intention should be, you're going to become a runner. And that is a light, that is a habit change. That's a life change. And that is something that can be sustained for however long. So for me, this was a the right book at the right time. I think that the way that he discusses making small changes makes it seem very manageable. It seems very actionable. So I really, really liked it. I think that he took a hard topic and made it really digestible for someone who is not doesn't have a degree in behavioral science. And so I really recommend it. It was great. So that is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Have any of you read it? Yep. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, I like it. I like it's very like I think he even references Char the Charles Duhigg book. I think he, I think like they, they kind of go because that one was first and Atomic Habits was second. But yeah, it's really good. And I love what you said, Sarah, about the uh, achievement and habit based. Well, the habit based goals. I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt. He's got a book. He's got several books out that are, are kind of in this genre. But he talks about achievement goals versus habit goals. And I use that to map out the weight loss journey with Million Pound Mission. It's like losing 50 pounds is the achievement goal. That's the, 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 the crossing a finish line goal. But that's the, the road is paved with stepping stones of habit goals. Mm -hmm. And that's what you focus on. You don't focus on, well, it's Monday and I haven't lost 50 pounds yet. All right. Like that, there's no point to that. But you can say it's Monday. I was supposed to work out today. Did I do that? That's my habit based goal. So focusing on the stepping stone habits versus that, that finish line, that is a mental switch that needs to be flipped for a lot of people. I think that that is true for me, especially because I find like with everything that I do, I want to do, I want to be the best, but I, sometimes I don't want to put the work into it. In December, we talked about, <laughs> about a gift I got at Christmas time uh, about a guitar and 
I wanted to play the guitar, but I didn't want to put the hard work into learning the guitar. I just wanted to be able to play the guitar when it was in my hands, you know? So I think that I struggle a bit with that. And I think that this book and just some of the decisions, like I said before, that I made in 2020 to, I guess, do some self-care. I think that that I have realized that that is what I need is I need something that is like, you just need to do this one thing, the small thing that's very attainable. It doesn't take a ton of time and then build upon that day after day because I, I feel more successful. And I also, it doesn't require two hours of time, which I sometimes don't have. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think, what well, does anybody have anything else to say about this topic of, uh, you know, reaching goals in 2021. I'm feeling very inspired. Good. <laughs> like seriously, I did, yeah. I want to go make lists. Well, I think these these four books. If anybody out there is feeling like they've been driving the struggle bus a little bit, and a lot of us have been, like this is your library to to kick up, kick off a, a whole new mindset uh, for for 2021. It doesn't like you don't have to be trapped in that same zone. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in controlling what you can control. And one of the things we can control is what we're putting inside of our brain and reading this sort of information is a good idea. So just something to think about. Yeah. And I was just thinking that when we, I talked about this for a give me one also, but that I have recently tried bullet journaling and I'm not going to try to convert you all of you right now, but I just think it was really freeing for me to try a different way of managing my list and my tasks and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the, a lot of the ways, I mean, you can do whatever you want. And I think what was freeing to me is that thought that like, I can try this thing this week or this month. And then next month I can do something totally different. And it is, it goes, it just really echoes what these books are saying about do the small thing, do the little thing that can make a change and try it out. Because otherwise I, same as you, Sarah, I mean, I feel like getting overwhelmed is definitely my obstacle. It's like starting is really hard for me. And it's because I always want everything to be perfectly lined up before I try. And, and I think it has to, I'm really having to commit for a long time, a lot of times. And so like the bullet journaling has been really freeing, but a big part of it for a lot of people is tracking habits. And I can see how it's really desirable to have this concrete map. And it's just a lot of people use like color coding or things like that. But there are all these different designs that people use that for the month, they're just like, I'm going to track these two things or these five things or these 10 things. And all I'm going to do is mark whether I did the thing or not. And I, I really like that because I can see how it gives you some accountability. But again, you could try something different the next month, but it does give you a visible way to show that you are making progress on these things that you have committed to trying. So that's all great. I feel inspired too. I don't know how to how to transition from this inspiring conversation into our give me one topic, but we're gonna do it anyway. But I do love this topic because as I've said, I love to talk about food and I love cookbooks and all that. So our give me one today that Adam gave us the idea for is name a food you could eat every day for the rest of your life. So Ashley, do you want to start us off? Sure. This is a hard one for me because I am very, I like to have a lot of variety in food. It kind of drives my life partner crazy because he could eat the same meal. Like he could cook chili on Sunday and then eat it every single day for the, for the seven days. And like, that is not me. And so, and so I like a lot of variety, but one food that I could definitely eat every day of my life for the rest of my life is avocado. For sure. I love it on everything in every way. I, li- I love guacamole, but I also love it plain and I could put it on 
just about every item and eat it by itself. So I feel like good versatility, love it faithfully. I feel good about that one. That's my final answer. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, how about you? So this is a funny question because there are foods I eat every day for breakfast and for lunch. As Ashley and Sarah know, I have the same breakfast and the same lunch pretty much every day, barring vacations and other weird things. This is a very big difference every, between Jen and me. She is not kidding. It is, the, <laughs> it is exactly the same, not <laughs> a variation. <laughs> well, and it's fun. Sorry, this is a slight divergent, but it started when after I had my second child, I was trying to get back in shape. And, and one of the things that helped me was having predictable meals for breakfast and lunch every day. And I knew how many calories they were. And I put them in my little fitness tracker and it's just stuck with me and I have great, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with repetition. So it works out, but I do envy yeah, it so. because I think for meals like breakfast and lunch, there's comfort in having the same thing every day yeah. because it's just, it, it, it's something you can remove from your mental to-do list. Like, you know, that, yeah. you know, the answer to that thing and that is a struggle. So yeah, there's benefit for sure. So my food is I love Indian food and we have some amazing Indian restaurants in Harrisonburg that I absolutely love. My husband also makes great Indian food, but the one thing that he can't quite replicate that the restaurants make is the naan. The way they make the naan in the Indian restaurants is perfection. And I should not eat that every day, but oh my goodness, I could eat that naan every single day. So that's my answer. Naan is so good. You need that what you need the clay oven for that. Yes, we like do not that. have one of those. <laughs> Christmas gift idea for next year. <laughs> Obviously, Mayhem, you know, is doing every oh, kind yeah. of bread, every kind. And he is he's working on that one. So I'll let you know when we but it has not been up. It, it is a challenge for sure. It's been too thick basically so far. It tastes good, but too thick. Hard to replicate. Adam, what is your food? I'm glad this is going so well because I felt like at the beginning, the way Sarah set up, it's like, if this kind of sucks, Adam came up with the idea. Just, just <laughs> so everybody knows. <laughs> I just I didn't know how to transition from the inspirational like goal setting to like food, food. but <laughs> credit not blame. No. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. All right. So this is an interesting question for me because you know, I can still eat like I weigh 327 pounds. <laughs> like I can, I can put down food, no problem. But I also follow a, uh, not, I, it's, it's less unique than it used to be, but it's still a unique lifestyle where I'm in the low carb keto, even carnivore space where I've gone months where I eat only meat and that's it. And so uh, I would have to go with the ribeye, the ribeye steak. And I kind of do eat ribeye almost every day anyway. So that's that I, I use my air fryer. I love my air fryer. And I put the ribeye steak in there and I get my, my protein, and my fat going and I'm good to go. So that's, that would be my, my give me one. If you follow, if you go over and follow Adam on million pound mission in his stories, sometimes he'll put his food and one day he had, and it was like meat with other meat on top of it. Like we might put like a taco with some lettuce. He's like meat and here's some more meat on top of it. So a meat with that. Meat, <laughs> it reminds yep. me of Parks and Rec when Ron has the photo album of all of the steaks he's ever eaten <laughs> at this one restaurant. He's like, ooh, that was a good one, March of 2020 or whatever. That was so funny. So, yeah. you, you know that show is set in Indiana, right? Like that's that's, <laughs> that's right. That's that's those are my people. <laughs> that's so great. So do you have a steak photo album? I mean got an Instagram. I bet I bet I got some relatives that do. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and how about you, Sarah? <laughs> Well, mine is 
similar to Ashley, but mine is guacamole. I love guacamole. I put it on salad. I put it on burgers. I put it, I, I can eat it on anything. I can eat it with a spoon. So I felt like that was like a doctor. I did. Type. I thought we were getting into <laughs> I like, I am here, but anyway. <laughs> But I do, I just, I love guacamole and I especially, I mean, it has to be homemade. Like I want to make it myself or some of my favorite restaurants make some really good guacamole, but it can't just be any guacamole, but I, I could eat that every day. It's some good stuff. And actually Jen's husband makes really good guacamole too. I almost said that, but I knew I didn't want to have avocado everywhere. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that we're getting ready to wrap up. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Remember to check out Adam's podcast at Million Pound Mission and at Podcasting Business School. We'll have all the info in the show notes. Thanks for listening today. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnderbridgePod or on the web at UnderbridgePod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.